right, welcome. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity podcast. I'm Dr. Jacqueline, naturopathic doctor and owner of the Wellness Trinity, where we provide natural solutions for modern day health and wellness. Just a little disclaimer, what we discuss in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any diseases. So today I have a special guest on the show. Her name is Carolyn Damslow, and she's someone I've met in Las Vegas as I've been um, joining and meeting the community. And I thought what she did for a profession was very interesting, how she gets people out of pain. Now I'm going to ex- let her explain that a little bit further, but before we get into that, she has worked in the medical profession and is now in alternative healthcare. She studied at the Czech Institute. She's a level four and she is PAS and AET certified through the Igoscu Institute. So Carolyn, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. So why don't you go ahead and tell the guests a little bit about your story and how you got to this point? Well, um, my story starts when I was a little girl. My father was a physician, and back in those days, they actually practiced medicine. And at the age of three, I went on house calls. And he would start, he would drive around with me on Sundays and go to the patient's houses. And he would tell me how to diagnose patients and how to anticipate a doctor. Now, that bit me in the rear end at seven because I got paddled pretty good for um, prescribing something for one of the neighbor's kids. And my mom got upset, but my dad thought it was funny. He said, how did she know? Well, if you go around all the time and you hear all this and, you know, other kids were reading comic books and I was reading medical books. So (laughs) I had a very different childhood, but I was lucky to see how he did things because later on it was going to change my life. And my girlfriend, um, Rita Lefevre said that I'm his legacy. And that just made me cry to no end because I realized she was right. So that's how it started. I I went to school. I became an x-ray technician. I worked in high-risk medicine. I did trauma surgery. And then I went into cardiac catheterization and general angiography, where later I was hired by Variex Corporation, who was the leader in cine radiographic imaging for hearts. And I had like 30 plus labs in the Southwest. So I had quite a, a long and interesting medical career. During that time, I got married and I ended up back here Uh, And I was like looking for something. I couldn't travel anymore because I was married and I was traveling before. And so I I actually got into aesthetics for a while and I pioneered medical aesthetics, what is now known as medical aesthetics. And it was because of my medical background that all this happened. Long story short, I gained a tremendous amount of weight and I also got into a lot of pain from sitting. (laughs) That's what did it. So The real eye-opener for me, Dr. Jacqueline, was when I got my third out of four autoimmune diseases, and my primary doctor let me read the report because I don't think he had the heart to say this to my face, but I think as I look back, he was thinking it. I was quite big, and on the report, it said, thank you for sending this lovely 44-year-old white obese female. Well, it's like, okay, I guess I got to look past my waist now. And it didn't occur to me at that time that there was something wrong with the idea that when you get out of bed in the morning, it took 10 minutes to stand up because I was in so much pain. But I was in so much emotional pain from being that size. And of course, you're very unhealthy. You know, you're loaded with inflammation. And so I didn't realize how much physical pain I was in until I got the weight off, which took quite a while. I had autoimmune disease, viruses, and nobody knew about what was happening with the thyroid. And my thyroids, um, I take a very high dose of Armour Thyroid. So when I got the weight down was when I really started to realize how much pain I was in. And I couldn't even sit on a couch without hurting. So I got on my hands and knees, which I had done about the weight, and now I was here for my pain. And I said, before I see a neurosurgeon, if there's anybody on this planet that can help me, put him in my life. Well, the reason I was able to make a prayer like that is because my father 
never took no for an answer on somebody's health. He always looked for that. He would research and, and talk to universities trying to find a way. So he taught me to think out of the box and I was there. And that's how I found out. I, um, two days later, I received a card um, from a client and it was a, a doctor here in town. And I called, he was a chiropractor. And meanwhile, I did, I had done a ton of modalities. So I had tried everything to get rid of it, the pain. And he said, well, you know, I don't know if I can help you, but he said, I can tell you, you're going to have to make a huge lifestyle change. And he said, and we're going to work on you from the perspective of movement healing you. So that's how it started. And I thought I was 49 at that time. And I thought, you know, um, I'm going to be stuck with this carcass <laughs> for the rest of my life. And I don't want to be a crippled old spinster at 70. <laughs> And so I started looking for organizations that looked inside. Because remember, I was used to looking inside. I was an x-ray technician. And I took four big certifications in personal training, but I couldn't find what I was looking for. And then once again, divine intervention happened. And I happened to stop into this health food store. And this guy told me two names. One was Paul Check, and the other one was Charles Polican. May he rest in peace. He passed just recently. So I looked up what Paul Check did and I went, oh my gosh, this is what I want. I want to know how to work from the inside out, how to get myself out of pain, how to get my structure where it belongs. So that's how it all started. So I started taking courses from him and I learned within the second year <laughs> that there was a lot more to this than just movement, that our mental attitude and also what we were putting in our mouths were huge players. And just because someone's diet looks like it's right, doesn't mean it's right for them. And I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you see that every day in your practice, you know. So that's kind of how it all started for me. And then later, a few years later, because we can't do massage in um, Nevada without going to massage school, and then I wanted to take from... Um, I can't think of his name right now, Paul St. John. Well, that was going to be another 40000 on top of gosh knows how much for the massage license. And again, something happened. And this fellow rented from me two days a month. And he um, owned a Nagoski clinic. And I walked out and I saw what he was doing. And I went, oh, my goodness, I never thought about doing things that way. And he put me on their signature um, their signature uh, a piece of equipment, which is the tower, and the left hip that I'd been in pain with for so long, and even when I'd get it worked on, it would never stay more than two days. He put me on that tower, and my hip didn't bother me for five days, and that was it. I was sold. So that's how I ended there. Now, the ending is really the beginning, because to do this type of work, I don't know if I'll ever stop going to school. It seems like every time I get another layer, I think, uh-oh, I need to learn more. And, mm -hmm. and I'm constantly on the quest. Yeah. So, and I know you and I have talked. I know you do a lot of educating yourself. It's a constant thing because it's just necessary. Not everybody is the same. Mm -hmm. So that's and what I do today. Uh, three days a week, I have what I call a corrective exercise. Um, I, I call it a class, but it's not a class. And people come, they all work at their own pace. And most people that come to see me are broken or they're professional athletes. It's one or the other because professional athletes equals broken too. <laughs> so, um, and then the rest of the time I do the postural alignment, which is, you know, I love it because it gives somebody the power back. They don't have to take drugs. They don't have to have, I mean, some surgeries are necessary, but most of them are. And, and, and it gives people, it helps people to stop being afraid because someone told them, oh, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Or if you do that, you have a bad back. You can't do that. Well, that's not true. I have a terrible back and I power lift, but there's a reason why. And I stay on top of what I have to do. But my biggest, probably my biggest challenge in this work, Dr. Jacqueline, is people, um, we sit too much. Because of that, we start having a lot of joint pain. And we're afraid to move because it hurts. 
Mm -hmm. And then we go see somebody who runs all these tests on us and they look at the spot, but the spot is not really the, the, the spot of pain is not how the pain starts. It's coming from someplace else. So that's what I do now. I, I love it. It's a big giant treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. Come in and say, I'm having all these issues with my neck or my foot or whatever. It's like, okay, let's let the games begin because we start testing and looking for changes. Nice. So we're going to talk about why moving can make you fat. But before we get into that, why don't you explain to listeners what is Egoscu, since that is one of the main Both Paul Cech and Pete Egoscu figured out that there were some real strong challenges with physical therapy. And Paul Cech's story is, it's not exactly like Pete Egoscu's, but it's very similar. They both had a lot of pain. And they went everywhere and they tried everything and basically everybody said there was nothing wrong. Well, when you're in a lot of pain, there is something wrong. So Paul Cech, he, he went to work inside of a physical therapy place and he told him, why don't you give me all the people that you can't, you can't get anywhere with, which he always said meant their insurance was running out. And that's how he started his modality. He does a lot with stretching and uh, strength training. Pete Agoscu, um was told, nothing wrong with you. He knew there was. He was a former Marine. And so he got a Gray's Anatomy book, and he started looking at it. And, you know, there's a lot of information out there. And both of these guys went and got the information, and then they started assimilating it into a program to help their clients and eventually start training people. So what the programs do, I'll, I'll quote from the Agoscu side. We have eight loading joints, our shoulders, our hips, our knees, and our ankles. They all need to be across from each other like that in parallel and at 90 degrees. Well, if the listeners would like to, uh, go ahead and stand up and march in place 10 times and do this in front of a mirror. And I would suggest um, don't look at yourself too much. Just do your marching and then stop. And wherever you end up is where you're going to look. Don't try to pose and stand up straight and look at yourself. Does one arm look longer than the other? Is one shoulder down or up higher than the other? Do you have a hip that's higher? you have a foot that's turned out and the other one is straight or are both feet turned out? Are your knees knocked in? Are you bow-legged? Those are the things that we look at because all those things I mentioned will create pain at some point. They're going to create pain and then eventually they're going to create injury if they're not addressed. So that's what we do. We look at that and then we begin to line the joints up. And of course, you can't line the joints up without understanding that this is muscle imbalances. That shoulder that's up like that, I mean, there's a trap, <laughs> you know, attached to that. Part of the neck, you know, you've got the scalenes and the levator, and you're like this. And then why is the hip up? Well, the QLO is tight. You know, I mean, those are things that you have to look at. So what we do when you come in, like say you come in and you've got some kind of problem. The first thing I'm going to do is find out as much as I can from you, how do you think it happened? And if you say to me, well, the doctor said, I'll probably in a nice way stop you and say, okay, that's what the doctor says, but I want to hear what you say. Because mm -hmm. generally, Dr. Jacqueline, I get a totally different story from the patient or the client. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they, um, they will tell me and I say, well, what makes it worse? What makes it better? What brings it on? What do you think is causing this? Because I believe that we really do know. And we have, for some reason, think we have to go to someone and someone's going to tell us everything. Well, I'm quite sure, especially from some of the emails that I got from you, that you're probably very thorough at finding out as much as you can about your patient before you ever decide what you think needs to be done. You know, because that's all information. And it works on my end, too, of what's going to help me help that person. 
So once I get that information, then I shoot pictures because I want to see what, and you know, everybody poses until you face the wall and they, and, and their back is towards me. They never pose with that. That's where I really see what's happening. Mm. And then I put them through various movements to see what they can or can't do. From there, um, I show the patients, I put it on my software so they can see, and they very much connect with this when they, oh yeah, I never realized that arm looks longer, you know? And then we begin to design the program, but the program, the first thing we want to do is we want to stop the symptom as much as we can. If you've got low back pain, we want to slow the low back pain down. And then we want to go through our little process, which then, you know, like some people, when they do their marching, I'll stand up. They might be turned a little bit like this, or maybe their hips are turned a little bit. That's called rotation. So the first thing we're going to do is try to mitigate the symptom and get rid of the rotation. We go after the rotation unless something really big stands out. We'll go after that first, and then we start going after all the joints. And the idea is, is to, to get it, you know, you can't do everything in one session. You could, but the client would probably get worse because if you change too much too soon, it's way too much. They can't take it. You know, like you, when you do a detox, you probably get them ready to detox and you start them a certain way. And if you overdo it, they're going to get, they're not going to feel good at all. Well, it's kind of the same thing with us. So what we look to do is make a, I usually try to find two things that are really outstanding on that first appointment, and that's what I go after. Then I've recently, um, I have a mentor, and the mentor suggested that I have them go to a mirror. So when we do a movement, I make them go to the mirror first and tell me, did anything change? And that's before I look at them, because I want to get them used to looking at why that pain is there and what we can do to make a change. Mm -hmm. And so they go to the mirror and they'll tell me, yeah, you know, my shoulder's down or I'm not as rotated, I'm not leaning forward as much. Great, now let me take a look. And then I look at them. And this I think is really good because it begins the process of people taking over their health and taking responsibility for their health. And anybody that does what you and I do we see people that want to take over the responsibility of their health or they would never cross your door or mine. They're asking why, why is the doctor telling me I'm okay and I feel awful and I can't sleep anymore, all those things. So you asked me about why exercise can make you fat. I kind of took the long way around. <laughs> Let's go back to that bad posture, okay? One arm is up. Uh, one shoulder is up, they're rotated, they're in pain. Okay, what happens with that, and please jump in because you're the expert on this, is that is like running a minimized program in your computer with a whole bunch of windows that are already open. And that program is running all the time, and it's stress. And it, we don't think of that neck pain or that hip pain as being stress, and it is stress on our body. And we start secreting more cortisol, from the adrenal glands. And if we happen to have some issues with our thyroid, it's gonna take, take a toll on that. And so by not correcting that, we're leaving the body in stress. Now, if somebody is in pain, the biggest thing the women come in complaining about that have had long-term pain is, I'm so out of shape, I'm so fat. You know, and my software, I blow them up so they all look like Porky Pig because I want to see everything. And if I blow it up, I don't miss anything. The only problem is, is they see it too. And I have to show them what the original picture looks like. So they don't think they really look like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, and, and they all say that Dr. Jacqueline, every single female comes in and says that I'm so out of shape and I'm bigger now and look at my stomach. And it's because they hurt. They're not moving as much because when they do move, it hurts too much and they don't realize that they need to move even if it hurts, but it's causing that law, that stress. Now we'll go to the next level. Let's say that they don't think they need postural therapy, but they're tired. 
they don't feel good, they're not sleeping as good, and they're feeling fat, and they notice they're gaining weight. So they're gonna go to the gym, and they're gonna start working out. And all of a sudden, they start strength training, and maybe a little cardio, and they start putting weight on. Well, wait a minute, I'm dieting, I'm exercising, because that's what the doctor told me, eat less and move more, and the scale is going up. And this happened to me several times. I've experienced this myself. And so then they get discouraged and they go on a binge or they quit exercising or whatever. It's the same problem. That's instead of going to the gym, which is a great idea, but you need to have an exercise designed for what you're dealing. They need to head over to your office and find out why that's happening because that is not a normal reaction. That is somebody who, whose body is under stress and there's some underlying causes that need to be addressed. Then they can go, you know, they can start with a nice little program. They don't have to go kill themselves. And I used to notice when I was losing weight that the less that I moved, the more weight that I lost. And I never could figure that out. Well, you could answer that for your audience. You know why. It's because I wasn't putting stress on an already stressed body. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you lay around on the couch you still have to move, but you have to be smart about the movement and do what you can recover from. Yeah, recovery. That's where that's where so much happens is in the recovery. I used to be a personal trainer too, and I had a client that was severely obese, and she wasn't sleeping. She wanted to hang out with her family at night, and I kept trying to tell her, like, you need to sleep. You're, you're not going to be able to lose this weight as easily. And... Now I realize how wise that was. <laughs> I don't know if I even completely realize until, you know, what I'm doing right now. Sleep is everything. If people are not sleeping, that's one of the first things I'm dealing with is how, do, how come you're not sleeping? Are you magnesium deficient? Are you tryptophan right. Are you, you know, is there something else going on, right? The, are you uh, full of toxins? Is your liver backed up? So if people, again, if people are not sleeping or in general, just not resting or recovery, then they're not going to be able to lose weight as well. And, you know, a lot of things you were brought up, the woman that was a little heavier, I'm sure you know probably better than I do that these people all have a fatty liver and their leptin or their, their insulin resistant. So they already have two strikes against them. And then to come back in and want to do some big workout with additional stress, I mean, they need to go to someone like you and you tell them, okay, this is, let's start here with this much movement. If you have someone you like to work with, go work with that person. And let's keep it, you know, let's keep it around here and see how you do. You know, I mean, I know you got to be doing that because you've had the experience with the personal training. But when they have the fatty liver and the insulin resistance, that's like, you know, that makes the whole weight loss thing even harder. So you have to work with all of that in order to get to what you really want, which is health. That's what we really want. We don't want to just be thin. We want to be healthy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even thin people can be skinny fat. <laughs> that's what yep. people like to call it. And that, that's not really healthy either. So they're not going to be feeling very well as well. No, and you're right about the, the sleeping. It's, you know, I've occasionally had people that weren't, well rested it's very frustrating how do you tell somebody you need to knock it off and probably not even be here you know because you need to rest before you can do anything else and that's that's hard to deal with because they're coming in the door you don't know this for a while they pay you and you're like okay but what is the ethical thing to do the ethical thing is to tell them the truth and they don't want to hear that. Well, wait a minute. Exercise can make me thin, really. It doesn't look like it's working so far, you know. So um, when I first started, when I really looked in the mirror at this whole obesity thing, all I could do, Dr. Jacqueline, was walk 2.6 miles an hour for five minutes, and that was it. I was that messed up. By golly, I did that every day. And then I, 10 minutes, then 15 minutes, you know. I just somehow I had enough sense to do it right for the first time in my whole life. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is most people want quick results. Uh, you know, we're living in a very fast paced society and at a click of a button, we can have anything that we want. And that's just not how our bodies work. And we didn't get this way overnight. It was no. a time and time of abuse. So whether someone has a cancer or they're overweight or whatever their health or fitness challenges, it's not, it's not something that just automatically like with the snap of finger, you just got it. So there's several layers that we have to undo from it. And, you know, I think um, if we, to speak to those that are challenged with the weight loss thing, I would tell you if you're going to do something, find a professional, but I'd interview the professional and find out had they ever been heavy. Because somebody that's been heavy is going to understand what's happening a lot better and not someone who's taking performance enhancement because I've seen that happen a lot. Um, but someone who's been heavy is going to really understand the challenges and be able to support you more during the time when you think, well, gosh, I'm doing this all the time. Why isn't the scale changing? Yeah, but you're losing inches. So who cares? <laughs> you know? And, and to understand when you start to build muscle, yeah, your pants are going to be tighter in the behind, but you're going to look better in them and they're going to start, things are going to start changing. And you know how us girls are. We think we see one cell of fat <laughs> and, uh, you know, oh my, and I'm just as bad. You know, I ate, a, I ate too much this weekend. And when I saw myself in the mirror at work, I'm like, uh, you know, but I know I'll be okay. In another few yeah. days yeah. I just ate a little too much but um, you know I think for me in my I mean I've had my weight off for 23 years and mm -hmm. I had done every diet in the world and I couldn't stay on a diet more than three days of oh, three days period that was it and then I was on to a binge and it was because I didn't know I was listening to somebody else's opinion of what should be going in my mouth Mm -hmm. instead of learning what works with my body and right. that's where everybody they'd all be skinny if they would take on that attitude and start really looking at what is working with my body now I can tell you it's not ice cream it's not white bread I mean little things like that but you know to really pay attention like I've seen you in networking groups and you always have like your green juice and you're very <laughs> meticulous. I'll have to tell you a funny story about the El Dorado Cantina but um, <laughs> I went there because of you. That's and, where I'm having my wedding. Huh? That's where I'm having my wedding. <laughs> well, the food is delicious, but the two people that my husband and I took, my in-laws, they hated it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it was high-quality food. My husband and I, you know, we sucked it up in a straw. It was delicious. <laughs> but they, well, this isn't like I'm used to having. That isn't. Where is my red bra? And I'm like, oh my God, I will never again. I'm going to take you back to your junk food places. And just, oh, man. And like they needed to be eating it more than us. But um, yeah, you know, just uh, if people would think like that or get some guidance, like you do that type of work and, and be patient, they would conquer their weight for the rest of their life. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want to have to deal with it ever again other than the micromanaging because I do have an eating disorder so I have to be a little mindful of what goes in this mouth and why but you know it can be overcome and then you can look back in 23 years and go oh my goodness it's been off that long mm -hmm. but we're lied to constantly oh come down for our 30-day workout and we'll bust 30 pounds off of you you know oh okay let's let's count the injuries you know, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I'm glad that I somehow in my begging God to help me figured out that, and that was the voice that I heard. It said, you're going to need a lifestyle change. Right. Like, what the heck is a lifestyle? I'd never even heard of that. It was 1994. I didn't know what that was. And yeah. again, something came into my life that uh, kept me focused. I was in a, um, I was doing Pilates with, um, I walked in the second time and the Nevada Dance Theater was there. I, I stuck my head in, I went, oh my God, I was so big. I was like three to me, to one of them. And I tried to duck, but they saw me. Oh, come on in, you know. <laughs> I found out 
man, they were as sick as me when it came to food. They all had eating disorders too. <laughs> we all kind of, you know, I felt good about myself around all these girls that big, you know, because we all had a lot of the same issues. Right. And that's what people forget is that that person next to you, they could be feeling worse than you. Right. So um, I guess what I would like for people to know is don't buy into the 30 days or if you drink these two things a day and then have one meal, it's not sustainable. You have to do, and that includes exercise, you have to do what you can sustain. Mm -hmm. Like my own journey, I found my way into more and more athletics because, excuse me, I was smaller and I didn't hurt as much. So I could do things. I cycled quite a bit, distance cycling, until I got tired of being hit by cars. And um, then I got into powerlifting when I was 65. And that kind of keeps me going because it always keeps me focused on a goal because I like to compete. And I hired a coach. I have um, a coach. I work at Nash Performance, which two of the guys there, former NFL, and they both lost their careers in the blink of an eye and they both tracked it down to the coaching and the exercise and they weren't really prepared to go out there. And we see that a lot because we turn out a lot of pro athletes. And that's why it took me three years to get coach Marcus Nash to look at my work. Now he wants his athletes to do what I do because he's getting more out of them. The other gentleman, same thing. And these guys had been doing football since they were five and eight and to have your career over in your thirties like that is pretty devastating. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get up, you go play and all of a sudden you're never going to play again. And so I, um, I have, uh, one of them help me and he works with me two days a week and he watches me and, you know, I like being worked out by somebody that knows what injury is like and has had to make a comeback because they get what's happening with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm older and I've had my issues. And um, so I'm having a blast because I don't have to think. He makes me work hard. And I shot a picture of him the other day. I said, oh, I want to put this on my little powerlifting group. But I didn't tell him I'm going to put horns on it and glasses and a mustache. And I'm going to say, this is what I see when you load that bar. <laughs> but he knows exactly where to take me and when to stop. And that's the kind of person you want to be with, mm -hmm. whether you're doing postural therapy with me, or you come into corrective exercise with me three days a week, or you go to one, you want someone that understands where to stop, but at mm -hmm. the same time teaches you that you can trust your body. And, yeah. and that's how it's been for me since I started Jacqueline, because I came in broken and I started with a trainer who took advice from the chiropractor. I had to learn to trust my, and I've had several incidences where I got hit and things like that, where I had to learn to trust my body again. And I think many people today are afraid. They don't like the pain or they, I can't do that because I have weak knees. There's no such thing as a weak knee. What there is a such thing is, is that your glutes aren't working right. Your posture's wrong. You're putting too much weight on the front and maybe you've got too much arch, you know, too much flexion in the shoulder because you're behind a desk all day. That's why the knee hurts. So if you balance everything, oh, the knee pain is gone. I yeah. mean, I've gotten athletes ready. I had an MMA client who had a torn ACL. We knew that going in. And she was very tight in the hips. So I got her really flexible in the hips and shoulders because MMA, they're all like this and rounded. And her fight team is like, how is she wiggling out of this stuff? because we got her flexible. She made it through the fight and she did very well. Um, she got her ACL fixed, but the work that we did got her out of enough pain and into really good movement so she could go in there and fight. And she was a former football player and this was her first MMA fight. She would have won if she hadn't punched the girl in the head illegally, she would have won. But they took two points away from her. And so it was a tie. Yeah. But, um, that's the kind of stuff, you know, I have people come in and with the athletes, you know, they are injured and we get them up and running. 
because you can balance those things. And those guys, they don't want to go have surgery and take drugs. Mm-hmm. They want to be back out on the field. Yeah. So it's really interesting work. You were going to yeah. ask. Yeah, no, definitely. I, when I was training too, I, um, you know, one of the questions that you always ask as a trainer usually is, well, what's your goal? Like, what do you, what do you want? You know, some people want abs, some people want yeah. nice shoulders, some people want, I don't know, nice, a nice butt. <laughs> but all of the above, me, right? That's exactly what it always was. I, I don't even know if I really quite asked that question. Maybe I can ask my clients. <laughs> I don't remember asking that question because it's all important. You want to work all parts of your body and you want them to be even. And I'm sure that like when people have these different postural, um, I don't know if disorders, deviation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Then um, you're going to probably have to work a little bit more on one side versus the other or whatnot. Of course, you're the expert at that. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you're just going to do your triceps and not your biceps or, <laughs> you know, your glutes or not your calves or something like that. So um, I'm glad that you're making that point to everyone that's listening that you don't want to just work on one part of body abs that's another one a lot of people like want a really nice stomach but if you don't work your back muscles you're not going to be even or your glute muscles so that's right everything counts and and you're right you know and when you when i watch like a lot of people that are power lifters especially women they're heavy they're overweight and not all of them but there's a bunch of them and you know i look at that and i think uh oh the organs because that's what goes through my mind is the organs but one thing I, and that's why I stick with the NFL guys, because they know how to make people strong, but the reason they do is because they make you learn to do everything. You know, it's not just do this, they cardio, endurance, explosiveness, you know, strength, all of those things are combined. And because they turn out, when they get an athlete ready, the idea is, is for that athlete to be able to withstand what's going to happen in that game. And so they train them really hard and really well structurally. And you don't see that a lot because we see them come in and they're really messed up. And we have to kind of unwind them in order to, to wind them back up the right way. And they make these guys really strong, but they're very lean and they're fast. And um, one time this little guy, Ronald, um, I always tease him and say, oh, so 5'10 is the new six foot, lies about his height. And he says, well, look on the internet. It says I'm six foot. I said, why would I look on the internet? Take your shoes off. I'll measure you. You're 5'10. He's very, he's not a big man. This guy tried to rob him. That guy will never try to rob anybody again because they're so fast in the blink of an eye. He got the kid. They had, it took three people to pull him off of this kid because they're so strong and so fast and powerful. And, and, that's, and I look at that and I think, you know, I may be 69, but I still need to have a little bit of that in me. I mean, I'm not going to do what they do, not unless I want to die, but um, <laughs> that's what my guy does. He works on all of those things. And that's both those trainers are like that. They work on everything to make you well-rounded. And so I always say, train like football, you'll be in better shape and you'll be stronger and leaner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and you're also an expert with functional medicine, although I know you don't really like to um, use that as much with your clients, but can you kind of tie in how those functional medicine and exercise relates to each other? Well, um, Paul Check was the one that made me realize all of that because Paul, Paul was a leader and Paul, Paul worked with Metagenics and actually helped them, him and this other Cairo, helped them with their forms and stuff. We're going back 30 plus years. And Paul realized early on, and I saw it the second year I was doing training, that this person is eating an alleged good diet. Why are they not getting anywhere? What is wrong? And so in order for me to maintain my certification with the Czech Institute, Paul is very, um, Paul likes us to learn everything. So if I took, I took a bunch of courses in energy medicine, they gave it to me, they gave me CEUs for that. Well, I started training in functional medicine because I get these big, you know, I get the CEUs because they want big numbers. And 
and I started to learn and I went, oh my goodness, I always knew I had a coronary stint put in when I was 55. And I always knew there was something that didn't sit right with me about that. I knew something wasn't right. I just knew I was never supposed to have that. Well, when I started learning about all this, I found out that leaky gut is a is a, a big major player in coronary artery disease. And then to take it to the next level, um, I'm sure you're familiar with Decker Weiss and uh, Dr. Wolfson. They're down in Arizona. Um, they'll tell you heart disease, a lot of heart disease is autoimmune. Well, I have four autoimmune. Hello. And so did my dad and uncles who all had heart disease. So um, I started to learn the whys. And so I started doing it and they made us take these tests. They made us do all the labs on ourselves. Dr. Jacqueline, I came back and I wasn't feeling good at all. I had five infections in my gut. No wonder I was sick all the time with brain fog and didn't, I could hardly stand up. And so um, I began working with that on myself. The reason I choose not to do it with clients is my love is movement. That's what I love. I think it takes a very special person to work with someone about things they're going to put in their mouths or they're going to take away. And it takes someone like you who has the, the love and the caring and the kindness and the patience. I might have some of those, but I don't have the patience because <laughs> I had to do it. And I understood like I changed everything. I was desperate. I was, when I was a little girl, they'd always say Carolyn was lazy. I wasn't lazy. I was full of parasites and I had autoimmune disease. I was not lazy. Mm -hmm. And, and so it takes someone like your personality. See, they, they come in and start saying, well, I really wanted to have some wine or some chocolate and my hands would be around their throat before they finished. Not really. <laughs> I just, and you know, I would really try to help some of these people. And I started, you know, that saying about no good deed goes unpunished. Uh -huh. Well, you know, sometimes when you help someone too much, you lose them because we have to decide we want to be okay. And I knew what it was like to go on an autoimmune food plan. I knew what it was like not to have all these different things to eat. I knew that, but I also knew I had energy and I felt better and I can compete in powerlifting. And yeah, I have bad days. I had a bad day yesterday, so I didn't do anything. I just laid around and rested. But I can live a better life than most people. I'm going to be 70 next year in August. And I'll bet I got a little bit more energy than most, but I have to take care of, you brought this up. One of the most important things is recovery and rest. That is the top of the list. Yeah. And saying no, I say no all the time. I don't go out networking at night. They'll, oh, you gotta go. No, I'm in bed by seven to 7.15. If you don't like that, then don't play with me. You wow. know, it's that simple. My husband gets up early. He wakes me up with all the banging and clanging. So I want to know I have my eight hours because I'll get within a day or so I'll start getting nauseous. I won't feel well. I can't think straight and it's from fatigue. I fatigue very easily. You know, um, a while back, one of my powerlifting buddies told my Nuka chiropractor that me not getting a weight off the floor was all in my head. And the doctor said, no, it's not. She's got those viruses. You don't understand what she contends with. Right. And I don't need a big medal for this because it's my deck of cards. Next time I'm going to come back as an athlete and be famous and better than everybody else. But um, <laughs> right now, you know, that's my deck of cards. And if I want to go power lift and work because I can retire, I choose to work. Um, I got to take, I got to pay. I got to pay. You can't cash a check without having something in the bank. And so if I overspend my sleep or I eat the wrong things, I'm going to know the next day I'm not going to feel well. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, while some people are a little bit more resilient, it, I think in the end it adds up at some point, you know, we can push ourselves and push ourselves. And, and you were saying earlier, Jacqueline, you have a type A personality. <laughs> so yeah, you do. <laughs> 
You don't have to tell me what you do. I can tell by what right. this podcast. I went, well, I'm going to have to be the calm one today, even though I'm the one that's bouncing off the walls because he <laughs> needs me to be calm. And so, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I get it. At some point, you know, it happens to the best of us where we finally realize, okay, it, your body will tell you it's enough. I've had enough. <laughs> I need to take a break. I need a vacation or I just need extra sleep during the season of my life or whatever it is, mm-hmm. some self-care. And, you know, if we really want to um, do big things in life, we have to think about that. So, or, I, you know, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> you know, and you're right. You know, I, I told my husband yesterday, we had plans to go to the movie and everything else. And I got up and I went, uh, I'm going to finish my chores and I'm going to sit, I'm going to, I'm not leaving the house. And I, and all I have to do is say, honey, I have to stop. And he knows what that means. Right. And yeah. he asked me this morning, he said, did your extra sleep and stuff help? I said, not yet, but I could be feeling better in a couple hours. And I was. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know when that I pushed it. It's yeah. that the one I want to make the horns and tail picture for him. It's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had mentioned in the beginning why moving can make you fat. And um, you had touched on cortisol, and when our adrenal glands are stressed, then we can produce more cortisol, which is linked to belly fat. Right. And uh, adrenal burnout is real. It is very real. What we were just talking about, where we just go, 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 and we don't stop, or where we have all those viruses or parasites, like you were mentioning, that can also cause adrenal burnout. Mm -hmm. And then we get the extra cortisol, and then it makes us fat, and then we're wondering why we're doing all the quote unquote right things. And yet we're still gaining weight. So I kind of wanted to tie that all together. Um, do you have any other words about to say in regards to that? Well, I think you're 100% right. And when I start, if somebody comes in and they're talking like that to me, um, I will explain to them what's going on. But I'll tell them, you know, um, I don't do this anymore for a living. But here's the referral list, because you can play with this as much as you want, but until you get somebody to find out why it's happening and you won't find out from a Western medical doctor, you're going to need to go into functional or integrative medicine to find out because they test um, at the subclinical level, which is where you want to test because that's before disease. When that stuff isn't addressed and you know, I'm preaching to the choir. When we don't address that, underlying fatigue and you know not being able to sleep at night and all that kind of stuff when we don't address it and I don't mean taking sleeping pills or antidepressants I mean addressing why it's there with someone like yourself you're going to continue with the cycle until something does happen and something will happen diabetes cancer stroke heart attack something will happen it's not if it's when And we, you know, some people subscribe to the theory, well, I'll just go to the doctor and they'll give me a pill and fix me. But you have to question what is the pill really doing and how many other things is it upsetting trying to suppress that symptom? So had you been around when I was 33, I probably would have all my female parts because I knew that there wasn't something besides surgery that could help me, but I didn't know where to go. I none of this was around. Yeah. This was back in 83 and 84. Yeah. If I I had gotten wind of somebody like you, you would have kept me, you would have reversed all the female problems, kept me out of surgery. And I would have actually found out what age I would have gone through menopause, Mm -hmm. you know, and when they start taking, you know, people are just a little too quick to take out the gobble. Oh, the doctor said right. it's, it has to go. Well, that's not always true. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll tell you, you all know, the liver flushing I did. You know, yes, you and, and you know because I mean, your story is pretty unique. You know, you saw something as a youngster that was led you to your passion. You know, led you to what you were born to do. I think. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, my dad dying uh, when I was nine years old from cancer was, you know, I think, I don't even know if I quite realized that, you know, when you're nine years old, you don't, you probably don't really realize what's going on. But 
later wow. on in my 20s when I was really doing some soul searching, it, it did. It led me down a path that made me make certain choices, good and bad. <laughs> later on, I had to do undo, undo a lot of the bad, but it also led me down a path of, of realizing what I was supposed to do in life. And that was to help people not get to that point. And, you know, at 38 years old, dying of cancer, that and leaving a family with three young children is not, I never want to see anyone have to deal with that. So that's young. Yeah. I mean, I was nine, my sister was six and my, my brother was four and my mom was only 36 widowed with these three young children. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but that's what this podcast is for. And that's what, you know, we're doing here at the wellness training. We're trying to help people get to the root so, so they don't have to suffer and they, they can live their life fully and, and not feel like they were cut short. Well, I guess at that, that point they won't really know, but <laughs> their family will know. I, I get it. You know, that's got to be tra very traumatic for a youngster like that. And you don't know what's going on, but I'll bet you knew a lot more than you think you did. I, I think kids are pretty, pretty, they see what's going on and something fueled you to do this. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. I, uh, I always knew at a young age what uh, life was because you know, I had friends that were not taking their life seriously and um, pretending to be cutting themselves. And <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you realize that you could die? <laughs> you know, we only get one life to live. But, you know, when you're face to face with that, that you're, you're more apt to realize really what, how life is short and, it, and it's sweet and we need to, you know, we need to honor it and respect ourselves and respect our body. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll ask you this rather than make a statement. Do you feel like um, there's not enough education in respecting the body? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if there's not enough, but it's just like, uh, you know, functional medicine or naturopathy. It's, I feel like maybe it's just suppressed. Like it's there. Um, but I think people really need to go do some soul searching to, to run into it. It's just, it's another truth that needs to unfold where people realize that we're made in God's image, that we're beautiful, that we're loved, that we're, you know, and that we have purpose in life. And when people can realize that, then maybe they're not going to be apt to overeat or make bad decisions or disrespect their bodies or uh, post pictures of parts that should not be shown. And, things of that sort. <laughs> oh, I know. Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I look at that and, um, I guess, you know, I don't know. I was always driven to be a certain size, but I think that that was just like the, the shiny object that really wasn't what I was going for. But the size thing was the shiny object to get me to where I was really supposed to go. Because now my, my first priority is what I'm putting in my mouth today. Cause I know it's going to affect today and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's like, you know, and, and I, and I, I listen to people say, Oh yeah, my husband has diabetes and I know we shouldn't be doing this. And then they, I watch what they order when we go out and I think, you know, they really don't know, Dr. Jacqueline, what's in that food. You and I do. We look at it and it's like we want to hold a crucifix up, you know. <laughs> and, and I look at that and I think they, they're not educated on what they're putting. Because if they really knew mm -hmm. what was in there, maybe if we put some dog poop on it or something, then they would go, right. oh, no, I'm not going to eat that. But they don't realize that that would probably be healthier than what's in there. And yeah. that's you know, um, was your, is your husband into health or did you educate him? That's actually how I met him. We were at a seminar <laughs> together. So yeah, he's a part of the wellness journey too. Okay. Yeah. See, mine was a true victim of the sad diet, standard American diet. And I remember the first time we talked on the phone and he said, oh, yeah, he goes, when I eat lunch, I fall asleep right away on my desk. And he goes, it's it's hereditary. My dad does the same thing. And I'm like thinking, oh, my God, they're all sick. No. You know? And I, I was 
bless the day that he um, was while we were dating and we were getting a little amorous on the stairs and he starts to drop to the ground. He was passing out. And I said, what did you have before you came here? And he said, oh, I had some orange juice. So I got him to a functional medicine doctor because I knew there was going to be a whole bunch of prescriptions and I was shocked at how bad it was. The standard American diet, he would have walked out with five prescriptions. If he had kept going within five years, he'd have had a heart attack, a stroke, and he'd have been a full-blown diabetic with the gout and the enlarged liver and everything else. And within wow. eight months, supplements and an anti-inflammatory diet out went 67 pounds, in comes the new health, everything had disappeared. Nice. But I didn't, I sent him to somebody like that because I knew what would happen otherwise. And he, he would have said, oh, okay, I'll take it, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that he did. So I am too. I don't want him yeah. to go anywhere. I, well, yeah. <laughs> I told him though, I said, get one thing straight. If you don't want to take care of this, that's fine. But I will not drive you to the hospital. I will not call the fire department and I will not call an ambulance. This is all on you. But I didn't have to worry. He had, in the five minutes it took him to get from the doctor to my house, he had already made a decision and he was ready to do it. And he never looked back. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good way to sum this whole, whole podcast up. It, it starts with a decision. And mm -hmm. what is it going to take for somebody to, you know, make that decision? Me and you have asked each other that question, um, you know, when we run into each other in Las Vegas here, what, what does it take? Like, do you really have to become obese or do you really have to get diagnosed with a disease or just feel absolutely fatigued before you decide to make the decision that I want to live a good life, that I, I don't want to go down that path that everybody else is going on? Because, I mean, we're pretty much destined to if we don't make the right choice, right? <laughs> so um, anyway, Carolyn. I know we, me and you have so much in common and can chat and chat and chat for hours. And I can't I, wait to share and give you the notes <laughs> from my last class. We oh, got yeah. To do genetics together. We got yeah, to. We, that might be it, another yeah. podcast in and of itself. <laughs> huh? That might be another podcast in and of itself. Oh, I'm going to get, I'm taking the 23andMe, the second, uh, I'm going to do this, uh, the, uh, the, the software that tells you everything. Oh, we'll have a blast with that. Nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something to genetics. Yeah, so anyway, how can the listeners find you and your company Back to the Basics? Well, you can go to the post office. My picture is up there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think that's where they used to put all the wanted people. But uh, I actually have, um, you can reach me by phone or by email uh, or my website. So I will give you my name and I'll spell it for you because everybody spells it wrong. It's Carolyn Banslow, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N, V as in Victor, A, N as in Nancy, Z-L-O-W. You can go to carolynbanslow.com, carolynbanslow at gmail, and the dot com will give you my um, phone number, which is in Las Vegas, 702-354-8269. And if you, um, anybody that has seen this podcast, I'm more than happy to give you a complimentary assessment and we can do it via the internet on Zoom like we are now, or you can come to my facility and uh, let's get rid of the pain cycle. Nice. Well, that's very generous of you to, to offer that. It, if people are in different parts of the world, are they able to still kind of work with you or? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I have a number of clients that are nowhere near here and on different time zones. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's nice to know that you could do this type of work. And I even started, I'm going to start this new program, Dr. Jacqueline, where we can do it by email. It'll be a little, it'll be a little less expensive. And I tell them what I need as far as pictures and all of that. I send them the program and so I'm also putting that together. I'm, I'm kind of putting everything together for, to be, you know, to start out for the new year. I want to have a few more things available to people because some people, you know, they just would rather do it that way or do it on the internet or come in. I want to make more availabilities. Okay. So 2019, that's when we should be looking out for that. 
Oh yeah, you can look out for it now. Cause oh, okay, okay, okay. Now, yeah, yeah. So just contact her. <laughs> All right, great. So, is there any last words that you wanted to say? Well, um, I have been sick almost since the day I entered this planet, and I would say if you're someone that's questioning how you're feeling, and you are tired, and you do hurt, and you don't have the energy you used to, you're not getting old. You need to go see Dr. Jacqueline and come and see me and we'll get you back on the road to health because she's, we're both going to work from the inside out, but very differently. It very much complements each other and we need it all. We need to work on uh, balancing our chemicals is which I do and then balancing your muscles and your joints. And I'm sure that I might be butchering a little bit of what you do. <laughs> and, and this. And, oh, your brain. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you know, when you've been sick a long time, you can get in the sick cycle too. And somebody, I just get mad at myself and go, enough is enough. Tomorrow yes. you wake up perfect and shut up. <laughs> yes. Yep. So it starts with that decision. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well, thank you guys for joining the podcast. And thank you again, Carolyn, for um, spending an hour with me being interviewed and explaining all your journey and your expertise. It was definitely a joy to chat with you, and we'll see. Maybe we'll be doing another one. Well, thank and if you. If you are interested in learning more about having a consultation with me to discover what is at the root of your health and fitness challenges, so you can live the best life that you can live <laughs> right, and fulfill your callings and purpose so much, in life, Dr. please visit thewellnesstrinity.com to learn more about our in-office and distant consultations. Mm -hmm.